Well, good morning, New Hope Bram. Glad you are with us this morning at New Hope, and then those who are chiming in online as well. You know, if you're sitting at uh, New Hope Bram, when you came in, a few of you got a envelope. And on that envelope, it says, you know, do not open until Pastor Bill says so. And so at this moment, I'd like you to open it up and look inside. So inside that white envelope, for you lucky ones this morning, you found that you had a $1.90 in the envelope. A buck ninety. There you go. And so I, what I want you to do with that buck ninety is I want you to live off of that dollar ninety for a whole day. Now that means your gas, that means your caribou coffee, that means your lunch, that means maybe your rent or mortgage, uh, your car insurance, payment, whatever it is, I want you to live off that buck 90 for a day, okay? So the most widely held and understood definition of absolute poverty measures poverty strictly in economic terms. Earning less than a dollar 90 a day, a buck 90, which you have in your hands. By this measurement, anyone lacking enough financial resources falls below the poverty line and fails to meet a minimum standard of living. But to be poverty stricken is more complex than just a buck ninety or measuring a person's finance. It's more than just money or having low income. The fullest definition of poverty really goes beyond just the amount of money to what a person earns. It expands beyond traditional economics, and poverty is defined more holistically. The word holistically means that it's defined in every area of a person's life. So let me tell you what poverty is measured by. Poverty is hunger. Poverty is lack of shelter. Poverty is being sick and not being able to see a doctor. Poverty is not having access to school and not knowing how to read. Poverty is not having a job, is fear for the future, living one day at a time. Poverty is losing a child to illness brought about by unclean water. Poverty is powerlessness lack of representation and freedom. So you see that the holistic approach to what poverty is, that it goes beyond just a buck 90, but the challenge with the buck 90 is that produces poverty. You know, the United Nations reports that due to poverty, a child or a youth under the age of 15 dies every five minutes around the world. Not five minutes, I apologize. Every five seconds around the world. So even more incredible of a statistic, right? Children from the highest mortality countries 
are up to 60 times likely to die in the first five years of their life than those from the lowest mortality countries. And so the reality of poverty when it comes to kids and youth is real within not only our country, but really beyond into our world. So when we started this series, Leaving a Legacy, you know, what are we going to pass on to the next generation of kids and youth? We talked about, first of all, how Jesus calls us to bring them, bring kids and youth to him. Do not hinder them and to bring them into a relationship with Jesus. The second week, Pastor John talked about how once we are to bring them, we are to teach them everything about having a relationship with Jesus, salvation in him, forgiveness in him, love relationship with him, how to love God and love their neighbors. And then last week, I talked about how we are to protect them, and we had real Hope ministry with us talking about adoption and talking about James 127 about how you know pure religion real religion real faith and action is to care for the two greatest vulnerable people groups and that is orphans and widows and we focused on this whole idea of caring for children especially in Minnesota here, the thousand children in Minnesota who are without a forever family. And we talked about this idea of adoption. And so when it comes to us leaving this legacy in our lives, you know, this greatest legacy we have to leave is to bring children and youth to Jesus, then teach them about him, but then also to protect them. And today... I want to finish this series off talking about how Scripture, Jesus, calls us to care for them as well. And I'm talking about here caring for kids of the beyond. Here at New Hope, we have this vision of seeing East Central Minnesota and beyond be filled with the presence of Jesus, right? And so I'm talking about today, those kids and youth beyond us, and even beyond this country, that are in families who are living on a buck 90 a day. That is the beyond that I'm focusing on today when it comes to caring for kids in poverty. It's interesting that in Luke chapter 4, in the New Testament, it talks about Jesus' mission. Jesus, when he started his public ministry, went to his local synagogue, temple in Nazareth. He got up and they handed him the scroll of the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. He opened the scroll in Isaiah and he found chapter 4, where it talks about the prophecy of what he would do. And in Luke chapter 4, it says this, Jesus stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And so the first thing that 
Jesus tells the crowd when he starts his public ministry is he tells them that, hey, listen, it was prophesied long ago about what I would be about when I came in the flesh, what the Son of God would be about. And he is anointed. And the word anointed doesn't literally mean poured on with oil. It literally means that the Holy Spirit is on him to do this work. And what work is he going to do? He is going to proclaim good news to the poor. He is going to make sure that the poor are paid attention to, that the poor are cared for. And since we are Christ followers, we are to care for what Jesus cares for. We are to proclaim what Jesus proclaims. And for us, we are to proclaim good news to the poor, which means we are to care for them in their need. And during this legacy series, we're focusing on this whole idea of caring for kids and youth in our world. And so we see another story as Jesus is walking and has started his ministry in Matthew 19. There's a rich young man who comes to Jesus and asks him, how is it he can gain eternal life? And Jesus says to him, well, you know the law, you know, obey your parents, right? Don't cheat, don't steal, those kind of things. And the man says, I've lived all these laws from a child. And then Jesus says to him, but there's one thing you lack. He says this in Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then he says, come, follow me. So Jesus gets down to this just real practical life application of taking care of the poor, those in need, those who are destitute. And Jesus says, boy, if you want to be perfect, if you want to live out what I live out, then take care of the poor. Take care of those who are in need. And he challenges this rich young man. And as we read on, we recognize that it says the man was sad and he went away. Why? Because he had much wealth that Jesus was challenging him to manage differently, to apply differently in his life. And so we see this in Scripture over and over again, how Jesus challenges us, how God challenges us to care for the poor and the destitute and to make sure that we are utilizing the resource that we have been given by God to make sure that we are caring for others in need. Nelson Mandela said this, Poverty is not an accident. Like slavery and apartheid, it is man-made and can be removed by the actions of human beings. You know, God desires to use us in practical ways to 
help children and youth who unfortunately are stuck in poverty and are challenged. So when it comes to combating poverty beyond Minnesota, beyond East Central, beyond this country, to the buck 90 households of the world, how can we here at New Hope Community Church practically engage in doing that? Well, I think there's a few ways that we can practically engage. There's two organizations that give us incredible opportunity just to financially engage and to help children in poverty situations. The first one is Compassion International, and the second one is World Vision. These two organizations are very similar. Many of you are very familiar with them, but you can sign up to sponsor a child typically in a third world country, typically in a country where poverty is great, where families are literally living off a buck 90 a day, and you per month can financially support a child that you are in relationship with, that you communicate with, and you can provide them proper clothing, health care. You can provide them the means to get an education, and by this, you are supporting one child throughout their lifetime until they grow up and they graduate from school to be cared for and to win in life. And you can only not only invest financially, but you can be in prayer for them and spiritually. You're interacting through notes and letters back and forth. But it's a practical way, whether through compassion or world vision, that you can be involved. You know, one thing that our family has done in this area is that uh, we have four girls, four kids, and so we sponsored four children with World Vision, one for each of our children. And so they were in relationship with those kids as they were growing up, and they would write back and forth. And to this day, they still do that. Some of them have gotten new children because they've aged out, they've graduated, but it's just a practical way for us to be involved in leaving a legacy in a child's life who we will probably never meet physically on this earth, but who we can make an impact for this life and for the next. And so I just really encourage you to consider that. You can easily Google Compassion International and World Vision and see what does it look like to be a sponsor once a month throughout the year and throughout the lifetime of these kids. Another great organization that I want to bring up is just Heifer International. Heifer International is a unique organization where you can for a family, you can buy them a goat or you buy them some chickens or a rabbit or you could buy them maybe a cow or whatever, but you can go on to the website Heifer International and by providing them these animals, they then can use those animals to not only sustain their own family, but also to start a business. So if you go on Heifer International, for $20, you can buy a flock of hens for a family. 
And those, those hens then will produce eggs, which will help the family with protein and to eat, but then they can also take eggs and sell them at market and develop an income. And one of the cool things about Heifer International as well is that typically the people that you sponsor or support, then they eventually pay that money back and it goes to helping others. And so over the years, we've been able to help a variety of individuals who we will never meet, right? But we read their story and hear what they're doing. And we can, for $20 and a flock of hens, provide a legacy for them and their kids to be able to be cared for, for hopefully not only this generation, but the generations to come in their family. You know, another piece that I just want to share with you that all of New Hope here really was involved in was last uh, quarter we voted as a church to provide $5,000 for our missionaries in Uganda. We provided for Martine and Jocelyn Jacoby, who are in Uganda, uh, $5,000 to start a pig and a goat project. And what they're doing there is that they are house parents for 22 young men. These are teenage men who come from a variety of villages. Some are Christians, some are Muslim there, but they come and they live with the Jacobis and they go to school. And the Jacobis have this idea where they're starting this pig and this goat project where each young boy will be given a pig or a goat. You know, if they're a Muslim, they're going to get a goat. If they're a pig, they're, they're, if it's a pig, it's going to be uh, for the, the Christian boys. But they then will raise those goats and those pigs. And upon graduation, then, they can choose either to sell their goat or pig or to continue to raise it and also then multiply it and develop a business out of it. Now, if when they go to graduate, if they decide to sell their pig, their pig is worth enough at that time to actually put them through college. If they decide to hold on to it, then they can develop a business by raising other pigs by that pig and selling. And so this whole concept of providing for these young men as they grow up where they're in difficult situations, low income, poverty situations, but helping them economically be in a position where they can go to college or start their own business upon graduation. That is what Jesus calls us to. These are just like day-to-day practical things where we can leave a legacy to another generation and generation beyond us, and it doesn't take incredible effort to do so. You know, one of the other options for us is, as well, is just to go, to go to another country and serve as an orphanage or serve on mission and, and to help with our personal resources to do that. And to give you a picture of this, I want to share with you a story about a new hoper who spent a good portion of his life doing this and inviting others to do this, going with his personal resource 
and helping those who are living on a buck 90 a day. Let's watch this video. I'm Bob Van Drill. We've been attending New Hope Church for about two years. Uh, I enjoyed here and uh, I've also want to share with you 12 years of visits to Honduras as part of a mission team. Uh, their homes were uh, very uh, difficult situations, not healthy. The food source was questionable and it was obvious to anybody that we needed, uh, they needed a fresh or water, pure water source. Uh, the church I was attending uh, shared in the need there and put forth $15,000 to have better water, a, a well, a source of water. And uh, we went through with that project. They got a source of water. We got it from higher up in the mountains. It didn't have to be mixed anymore with where the animals were getting their water. And uh, a real blessing from that experience was the church who had stalled on a building project and funded the $15,000, received an anonymous gift from an inheritance of somebody that no longer attended the church for many years. The gift was for $40,000. The church saw this was the right place to spend the dollars for the pure water for the Hondurans. Via banana boats and other ways, we got five vehicles to Honduras. The bus that we sent uh, enabled the church to double in size and for the youth to have youth programs there, to have the joy of mixing with other children. And we also had an itinerant nurse that visited the villages to raise the health care. And uh, that was very successful. But even a bigger problem was the need for more permanent facilities for medical care. Uh, we built that uh, building as a medical uh, facility so that they could come into a central location for medical care, the children, the mothers, total population in the remote villages. Each year, about 10 people came in on a team, 10 to 15. One of those people said, I could fund the education for a doctor and the doctor later was able to go through medical school, fully funded, and spend two days a week in that remote medical facility. Uh, I personally was fortunate in being able to take a friend of mine from the business world with me, and uh, he was a blessing to the whole project. Dave is a neat Christian. He came along, I passed the baton to him, and each year, since then, he's taken in 10 to 15 people of different uh, interest levels, a sewing program where they could teach young girls sewing skills so they could get jobs in the communities and not have to spend their time on the streets and uh, fall into potential prostitution. There's no question in my mind there'll be a legacy. So we're gonna see continuance of that program it has had to serve into a thousand people or more touched the lives of through the various programs, the sewing program, the health program, the water, the transportation, things beyond our early imagination that are now coming forward to serve those people better for a better way of life. How do we leave a legacy? 
it, the opportunity is there, but it does necessitate that you take the risk, step out of the boat. I went the first year and have been richly, richly blessed from that experience. So I encourage you, whether you're a first-timer that could visit a, a project in the mission field, or whether you've said, I could do that someday, today's the day you consider doing it. What a great story of the opportunity that we have at a variety of levels, whether we're here or we go there, to leave an incredible legacy in the life of a child or a youth and to care for them in their needs, to care for them in their poverty. And it's amazing as today we partake and share in communion, that we're reminded that in our poverty, Jesus came to us and cared for us. He left heaven. He left his place of perfection. And he came and he dwelt among us. He lived among us. And he cared for us. It is by his body, he says, and the breaking of his body, which this bread represents, that we have our sins forgiven, paid for, and that the poverty we lived in because of our sin and our separation from God, the spiritual poverty we lived in, was broken because now we were made right with our heavenly Father. And so Jesus says, when you eat of this, remember that my body was broken for you, so that your poverty, your spiritual poverty, would be broken as well, and you would be made right with your heavenly Father. So eat of it. Jesus then took the cup and he wanted us to remember as well with the cup that the cup represents the shedding of his blood. Again, to pay for our spiritual poverty that we were in and to make us right with our heavenly father. And so that's why we practice the Lord's Supper during every series we have. It's because Jesus says, I want you to remember what I have done for you. And so Jesus says, when you drink this cup, remember it's my blood shed for the sins of the world. Do this in remembrance of me. Because Jesus Christ has died for us, he calls us now to follow him as the Christ and to go out and to die for other people, to put aside our own self-interest and to sacrifice and to give and to leave a legacy, especially when it comes to our kids 
and youth. And so here at New Hope, we want to bring them to Jesus. We want to teach them about Jesus. We want to protect them, make sure that they have a forever home. And then also we want to care for them and make sure that they have their daily living needs met. Let's follow the Christ in this way. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your example. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that the gospel is comprehensive and that it challenges us and calls us to live as generous people and to do that in the lives of our kids and our youth. Not just those around us, not just those in East Central Minnesota, but those way beyond who are living on a buck 90 a day. May we reflect on what we can do in our position to leave a legacy around the world in the lives of youth and kids for this life and for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you, New Hope Bram, and those online appreciate it.